Hey, it's Matthew J. Thanks for checking out the show. Do you like spooky, wicked conspiracy history and stories? Do you like hearing short stories that just make you question, is that true? Then sit down and turn up the volume. All information used in this podcast is protected by fair use. Episode 40, The Men in Black. Let me introduce myself. My name is Matthew J. I'm your host and storyteller, and I love talking to people and listening about their stories, about anything they find interesting. I enjoy telling these stories and doing the research to get deeper into these accounts. So this podcast is about history, kooky tales, cryptozoology, ghost stories, and all the conspiracy theories that keep me asking, is that true? Have you heard stories about The Men in Black? that people have documented after witnessing either a UAP, a UFO, Bigfoot, Dogman, Mothman, or just plain weird stuff? Well, if not, this episode of the podcast will get you all cut up on the basics about the men in black. Well, let us start there and pull information from the Google machine and learn a little history. Men in black are men dressed in black suits who claim to be in quasi-government agencies. Men in black are also known as the MIB. Men in black have been reported to harass, threaten, or sometimes even assassinate witnesses to keep the secrets about UAPs, UFOs, or crypto creatures silent. Some men in black have been described to behave strange and some have ghost white skin color. Men in black have been seen wearing black hats, black sunglasses, and they even drive in black cars. Men in black seem to always be in groups of two or three. Men in Black the movie was released in July 1997, and the budget was $90 million. The box office amount was $589 million. It was the highest grossing Sony movie until Sony's Spider-Man 2002 was released. That is some good information to help us get ready for these wicked stories. The Men in Black stories are like side stories when it comes to UFO and crypto creature sightings, but I believe we need to focus on them to give the MIB their own episode to inform you, the listener, on their existence, if you believe. The first time we talked about the Men in Black was Episode 1, the Kecksburg UFO Crash. Soon after the UFO crash, the local firefighters arrived first, and right after the local witnesses, they started seeing military and, quote, very well-dressed men, end quote, walking into the site. Those well-dressed men are the Men in Black. The military officials and the men in black began to instruct the firefighters and the other townspeople to leave the area. Soon, the entire crash site and also the entire town of Kecksburg was being cordoned off by the military and the Pennsylvania State Police. As the town was being shut down, the local Kecksburg fire station was becoming a military outpost and also a local farmhouse owned by the Hayes family was taken over by the men in black. The men in black made phone calls from the farmhouse to unidentified individuals. 
Later, after the event, when the Hay family received their phone bill, no calls turned up that day or night. How freaking crazy is that for 1965? The town has taken over and a wiping of a Pennsylvania phone bill to scrub any existence that this happened. Still to this day, the U.S. government denies that no military presence was ever in Kecksburg on December 9th, 1965. So if they were not there, who was this people in military uniforms and who cordoned off the entire town with the Pennsylvania State Police Force? Do I dare say the men in black took over a whole small Pennsylvania town? That was not the only time the men in black are getting involved in the Kecksburg event. Back in 1965, radio waves were still a great piece of getting information to people. Western Pennsylvania is known for great radio stations, and the main one in that area is KDKA. But for this story, the radio station that you need to know is WHJB out of Westmoreland County. That night, a radio host by the name of John Murphy gets a forwarded phone call that something amazing was happening in Kecksburg. So he drives out to Kecksburg. He snaps photos and records the first witnesses at the crash site. Later, he was stopped by the military and the photos were confiscated, but not the recordings. Mr. Murphy gets back to the station and for a few days he listens and realizes he has some great information and decides to do a documentary called Object in the Woods. He begins to work on that documentary and is getting close to the air date. But then he gets a visit from the men in black stating that they were military officials and they forced Mr. Murphy into a 30-minute meeting. After that meeting, John Murphy was a changed man. He did not want to talk about the Kecksburg event or about that meeting. He reluctantly releases the documentary, but it is garbage. It is watered down with little interest. But the real meat of that night, airing of the document, was what he said right before the show started. Quote, We regret that part of the program had to be censored and that other parts of the program had to be cut out entirely, end quote. Then John Murphy goes out of his way to make the following statement, quote, This station has not been contacted by any official agency of the state, federal, or local government in connection with this program, end quote. Mr. Murphy later states that the reason for the poor airing was the former witnesses called him and asked him not to air their interviews or bring up their names. But even Mr. Murphy's wife states in other stories that Mr. Murphy was so excited about this story. This was the biggest story of his life. To have no interest in such a quick turnaround, she believed it was linked with the visit and the meeting of the Men in Black. Did the Men in Black make threats that scared Mr. Murphy? No one will ever know. Because four years later, Mr. Murphy was killed in an apparent hit-and-run accident in California while on vacation. So did airing the show end his life? Was it an assassination by the Men in Black? If those stories did not freak you out, wait to hear these. It seems that the men in black have one mission, to muzzle the witnesses of their strange and paranormal events. The date is June 27, 1947, and Harold Dahl, his son Charles Dahl, and the family dog are on a conservation mission on the Puget Sound near the eastern shore of state of Washington's Maury Island. The Dahl family were gathering logs out of the water from their boat, when all of a sudden they saw six donut-shaped crafts hovering about a half a mile above their boat. As they watch the crafts, one of them drops down about 1,500 feet above the boat. This action is then followed by metallic-like debris raining down from the sky. The metal rain hits Charles on the arm, and it causes some pain. The family dog takes a lot of the impact, and the dog does not survive. 
Harold does have a camera and he snaps a few photos of the ships and then poof, the ships took off out of sight. Harold and Charles make it back to town and take to get the photos processed. Harold goes to show his co-worker the photos later on. The co-worker is Fred Chrisman, and he's a skeptic of the photos and decides he wants to go to this part of the sound and see what's going on. When he gets there and walks to an area close to where the photos were taken, Mr. Chrisman sees with his own eyes a strange aircraft that looked just like the ones in the photos. The following morning, Harold was visited by the men in black. This time it's just one man in black. The man in black sits with Harold at a local diner and begins to recount everything that Harold and his son saw that day on the sound. We are talking down to the very last detail. Wow. Then the man in black says, quote, what I have said to you is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. Yikes. The men in black then begin to instruct Harold to never talk or speak to anyone about this event or quote, bad things would happen, end quote. Years later, Harold begins to tell people that he made up the story. Did he make up the story, or was he just listening to what the Man in Black said? Don't talk about it. If you're not freaking out yet about these Men in Black, whoo, I am. The Men in Black has also been linked to the Mothman story. We talked about the Mothman of West Virginia in episode 4. One of the main reporters of the Mothman stories was Mary Hyrie from Point Pleasant and her friend Dottie Campbell. They have been documented in stating that they both were approached by the Men in Black and were threatened not to talk about the Mothman. She stated they were so frightened of these men and one reason was because the men, quote, never blinked their eyes, end quote, during their scary visit. The Mothman witness Linda Scarberry stated the men in black wore black suits, black hats, and black sunglasses. They showed up to her house in a black 1966 Cadillac. Linda has stated multiple times that the MIBs looked like human men, but their skin was somewhat transparent. She stated, you could see the veins in their hands very clearly. The men in black had very long fingers. Holy cow, that is freaky. When Linda Scarberry's father tried to shake a man in Black's hand during the scary visit, the MIB acted like he did not know what to do. He awkwardly shook the hand, but he was weak, and he looked at the other MIBs to see if that was the correct thing to do. Holy cow, that's weird! That sounds so weird, and plus, no one likes a weak handshake. What do you think? Do you think that the men in black are real government agents? Maybe they are the origins of the United States Space Force. Maybe they are aliens using human disguises to look like quasi-government men to scare people silent of the paranormal events they had seen. Some people even ask if they are demons working for the devil. I really hope that part is not true. I have no idea what's going on, but people have seen these men in black and have been threatened not to talk. If I meet one, I hope it looks like the X-Files version, which was Alex Trebek and Jesse Ventura from the famous episode, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. I think I can handle those men in black. Anything else would freak me out. Do you like this podcast? Then we need to thank Anchor for helping to get this podcast distributed. Please share the show with your family, friends, coworkers, aliens from another planet, or any creature you know that listens to podcasts. Please email suggested stories or some of your stories that I could read on the podcast. Please email me at s period w period c history podcast at gmail.com 
The show is on the Nextdoor app. Please follow the Spooky Wicked Conspiracy History Group. Join the group and get the show in a direct line to me to talk about the podcast. The Spooky Wicked Conspiracy History Podcast is also on iHeartRadio. Please give the show a five-star review on Apple. It helps the show get more listeners and more stories. We are worldwide. We have listeners in Germany, United Kingdom, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Ireland, Canada, Australia, Sweden, South Africa, Portugal, Costa Rica, New Zealand, Norway, India, Russia, Denmark, Czech Republic, the Netherlands, Spain, Hungary, and Singapore. Please share the show with your countrymen. Thank you, and please keep listening for the next show. Good day and good night.